welcome to Unstoppable Real Estate Investing Wealth. My name is Billy Alvaro, a.k.a. The Unstoppable VA, former billion-dollar mortgage banker, gone bankrupt, turned professional real estate investor, where each week you'll learn the tools, strategies, systems, and secrets myself and other highly successful real estate investing entrepreneurs use to start, grow, and scale their businesses, creating massive profits, and how you can too. And we'll teach you how to put those profits to work so you no longer have to. Get ready to finally experience financial freedom and generational wealth. Now let's get started. Boom! What is going on, guys? This is Billy Alvaro, the Unstoppable BA, and you're listening to Unstoppable REI Wealth. I really do appreciate you tuning in this week to listen to what I have to say. Before I begin, I just want to tell you a bunch of the tools that I have utilized and my guests have utilized. You can find them all in one beautiful little location called BillySecrets.com. You go there, the marketing systems we use, the software we use for the marketing to run a real estate investing business, lists on where we buy them, the marketing pieces, radio, TV, advertising, anything you need to start, grow, and scale your real estate investing business. I'm putting all in one spot so I don't have to answer 100 emails a week on who you use for this and where do you go for that. So it's all there. Utilize it. It's a great resource. Deal Machine is on there. A bunch of uh, softwares that you could... Deal Machine, by the way, is a piece of software you could utilize to find vacant houses, skip trace people vacant houses, send them out marketing pieces. My whole team uses it. We use it. And we do approximately about eight to 10 deals a year from the Deal Machine software. Go to my links inside there and you get either a discount or a free month. I can't remember exactly what it is. Also, PropStream is on there. PropStream is really good for building your list and for running comparables anywhere in the United States. If you're virtual wholesaling, PropStream is a must. Go to Billy Secrets, click in that link, and you're going to get a special gift with that as well. Now, if you want to partner up with me, a little infomercial here, if you want to partner up, do JV deals, borrow money, lend money, Anything that has to do with doing business with Billy Alvaro, go to BillyAlvaro.com. Fill out the information on there and see if we are a good fit to do business. And lastly, my private lenders have been making a shit ton of money with us. Very little to no risk. They've been getting paid out every single month, every single quarter, and every single year. If you're somebody that wants to get into the real estate investing space, but you don't want to go out there and find and flip properties or wholesale, and you have money to invest... Go. I have. I created a 52-page white paper, six videos that explain to you the alternative asset class, which is mortgage notes, how to invest in it, what you need to do, what documents you should have, how you can protect yourself, no cost, no obligation. If you go to lowriskmaxreturns.com, on there you'll see a quick video of me. You'll get the white paper. There's a webinar that you can choose to listen to, and then there's six three-minute videos that explains the differences from real estate investing to the stocks to bonds mutual fund cds even investing in notes versus single family rentals so check it out low risk max returns if you have money you want to invest that is a good resource that you could utilize to check out now today what i'm going to be speaking about i'm going to be going through so i've been posting on facebook a lot about what i'm doing out here in new jersey and out in new york i moved to new jersey when the pandemic hit and I can't just sit and live in New Jersey and still do business in New York. So I had to start doing something out here. And of course, it's real estate investing. What we've done in the last year is we've mushroomed New Jersey and we've expanded New York considerably. As of last Wednesday, I'm recording this on a Tuesday. As of last Wednesday, our pipeline had 89 properties 
in contract to purchase. We have right now 23 properties between New York and New Jersey that are in one phase of construction or another. And we have about a dozen right behind that that are in the planning phase that we're just getting ready to close to push out. Now, one of the questions, not one, but multiple questions I've been getting asked on my DMs on Facebook and Instagram is not so much how we're finding them. That's one of the questions. But a lot of the guys that want to get into rehab where they're rehabbing is saying, look, like, what are you doing? What's your process? Go in and can you break down how you're running your rehab jobs? And look, full disclosure, guys, I am not going to proclaim to be the real estate guru when it comes down to renovating properties. We've been, I've been doing it for 13 years. I have a killer system. I've been in the last year and a half really gearing this towards opening up a construction company, which we did in New Jersey. We're a fully licensed operational construction company with six employees. And we're going out to New York and put a license in out there. And there's a couple of reasons strategically that we're going to be we're doing that. Um, but in the last year and a half, we really started putting a lot of emphasis on the construction side of the business. We've been doing it for years, but we've been doing it in a, in a way where we were operating more or less like a project management company. And now we're really operating as a full-fledged construction company. There are some differences, but when we had the real estate, when we were doing it as a project manager and how we're doing it now, it's still along the same lines. We're just really dialing in our processes. So some of the questions I got is what tools do you use? What's your overall process for bringing in a rehab deal? Like how do you guys manage it? What software do you like? I want to go through, I want to give you guys an outline can't go into detail because it would take me freaking hours to break this thing out. But I'm going to give you the processes, right? The, the phases that we go through, what the phases are and what we do in each phase. And then I'm going to break down the tools that we utilize. I'm going to give you guys some references that you can start leveraging these tools like instantaneously to bring into your business to start you know, streamlining some of the processes. And then I'm going to go into and I'm going to give you the people you're going to need in your team. And then my flow, like we have a certain, I call it a fish lane. When a deal comes in, multiple things happen at one time. So when a, a deal first comes in, it's going to go down five or six swim lanes. And on those swim lanes, certain people are going to be certain fit, doing certain things simultaneously to get that file to the next phase in the process, if that makes sense. So first, let's go through. I want to break through the phases that we go through. And again, Everybody does things different. This is my way. It's not the best way. It's not the only way. It's my way. It works for us at Easy Sell Property Solutions and Max Returns. So the first thing we do when a deal comes in our office, we call it the due diligence process. What is that? It's exactly what it says. It's due diligence. Let me get a glass of water here. When a deal comes in New York and New Jersey, it has to go through and it has to pass certain litmus tests to ensure that the property that the acquisitions teams brought in is going to meet certain criteria for us to do it. So first, obviously, we do a review before it gets put into the pipeline. The sales manager in our company does an ARV review, reviews that in detail, looks at all the pictures and looks at the comps and the pictures rather to see what the rehab is going to be like. Once it passes him, if he has three comps, it's in the area, it meets a certain threshold, it automatically gets pushed through. And then when it's in the back pipeline, the rehab manager goes through and he has to verify the information that's in the system regarding the rehab. If on the front end, there's a questionable deal, we don't have three comps or it's kind of like a pink elephant for the area. It just doesn't fit or it's, you know, larger square footage. The acquisitions manager is going to flag that file. And what we do every single Wednesday 
is we'll go through and we'll analyze. We'll take 10 or 15 minutes just to analyze that deal and go in deeper. We have three people that go around. We do a Zoom. And everybody's going to put their thought process into, is this a deal worth pursuing or should we take it and go down another road? Maybe wholesale, maybe flip it to somebody else, whatever. So it's important that you have a process outlined in the beginning when a deal comes in. Now, if it passes everything, it's a deal that we're going to be doing. What do we do? So if this is a renovation deal that we are going to be putting our money and our investors' money, the most important things you need to do is your due diligence to ensure you're not going to lose money. You want to minimize the risk. There's always risk in this business. Our job is to minimize it, break it down so that you're going to, if you lose, you're going to lose minimal. And we never want to lose. And that's the reason why we do the diligence. So in our company, as soon as we get that deal through the, we usually have a seven to 21 day due diligence period. And people are like, well, you flip the properties. How do you get that? We ask for it, especially if we're going to be renovating. We have to go in and do our due diligence. I don't want to buy a property that from eyesight, it looks like it's a $50,000 renovation. Once we start doing our due diligence, it could be a $90,000 renovation. That would kill the whole deal, make us lose money. We don't want to do that. So in our business, what we do is the first thing we do is we send it down, we get a home inspection report. And that home inspection is going to cover a lot of things depending on the state that we're in. Our home inspector is going to go in there, inspector, and he's going to look at the property and home. I'm not just talking about your electric doesn't work. This crap that we know we're taken care of, I don't care about. I care about the major systems. I care about the roofing system. I care about the foundation. I care about the septic. I care about the electric in the house, not the outlets, but the overall system. You know, is this thing blown out? I care if there's major mold in the basement. I care about if there's a, if there's a buried oil tank. So, those inspections get done, the home inspection, the oil tank sweep to see if there's a buried oil tank, the septic cesspool or sewer gets inspected because that's a big nut. In New Jersey, it could be as high as $15,000, dollars $30,000 just to repair a septic. Not good. Water test. If it's well water, get the freaking water tested. How do I know about this? Because we bought properties and most of the properties we buy have city water, some of these older homes that are in these areas that they don't have city and they have well, the well water can be contaminated and it can cost an arm and a leg. If you want to make money in this business, you make money when you buy, you don't make money when you sell. You realize the money when you sell, but you're making the money when you buy. The more due diligence you do upfront, the more you invest upfront, and it could cost you $1,000 to $1,500 per file to invest in to do your due diligence, I'm telling you, it is going to save your ass down the road. Now, in the beginning years, when I first started doing this, I was a cowboy. I didn't do any type of inspections for anything. I didn't get surveys. Like I was looking back a complete and utter asshole when I first started because I was just so aggressive wanting to bring deals in. I was buying deals Oil tanks buried, oil tank problem. There's a small leak. And in New Jersey, it's automatic. You have to like get every single thing tested. In New York, you can kind of get away with it, but it's a problem. We had crack foundations that I didn't know about. We had water issues, well water issues that we didn't know about. So I only had to get bit one time with a certain situation. And I realized I got to start wisening up and I have to start slowing down, investing money into due diligence. Because again, it's not when you don't make your money when you sell. You're making money when you buy. You realize it when you sell. So the front end, doing your inspections is important. Now, I'm not going to go through and do a structural engineer unless my home inspector goes in and says, hey, you know, you have a crack foundation. It's sliding a little bit. 
I think you got to get a structured engineering. Yeah. So we're going to go through and order specialty reports based on what the initial reports tell us. As we're going down, if you remember in the beginning when I said this, we start a rehab. When we initially do a deal, it goes down many swim lines at one time. So multiple people, multiple actions are taking place at one particular time. And in our system, in Podio, it triggers out all these tasks and assigns them to different people in our office. And then they assign it to people on the outside, all in one shot. So the next thing that happens simultaneously as these inspections are getting ordered and done, automatically we're going through and we're looking at either an open report, which is an open public records report or a FOIL request. And what this is gonna do is it's gonna tell us on these properties up front, does it have the proper CVOs? What kind of violations are on the property? And this is important, I'll go into the violation piece. I'll go into it now. In certain areas, if we're gonna go in and it's not a major renovation, it's just a pull and push, I call it. Taking out the kitchen, pushing in the kitchen. Taking out the bathroom, putting in the bathroom. You're not doing any structural changes to the house. If you don't pull your Oprahs and your foils, or if you don't go down to the town yourself and pull these requests to see your violation request, your CFO request, any open permits. If you don't do this up front, right, and you're waiting, and you think you're gonna get away with not pulling permits on a property because it's not a structural thing, you're just doing push and pull, and you, it has an open violation, that violation, when you go to resell that property, is going to have to be closed out. If you did any type of renovation inside that home and the bank doesn't know about it, or I'm sorry, not the bank, the town doesn't know about it, or if you have a finished basement and the town thinks it's an unfinished basement and there's a violation for whatever, converted garage, illegally converted garage in a living space, when that town goes to come in to reinspect, and they're going to look at your home, and guess what they're going to do? They're going to look at the whole freaking house. They're going to go downstairs. They're going to see that you have a finished basement where on the record it's just not finished. Now you have to like incur all this expense and time and process and money and all this other shit, which you could have gotten away with if you did your due diligence up front, you saw there was a violation, and then what you should do is you should just pull permits on that property. And again, I'm talking about if you were going to do a non-permitted property, right? Push and pull. Important. You want to know when you're getting into these deals, what you're, how are you going to go about renovating? Are we pulling permits? Are we not pulling permits? Does the house have violations? If it does, pull permits no matter what. Get that shit fixed up. You're in the due diligence process. You got all your home inspections. You get all your violation reports, your OPRAs, your CFO certs, your permit certs, your permit inspections rather. You're going to go through and check the zoning on the property. Make sure it's zoned the right way. You want to make sure that everything inside that home has a CO. Like if there's a second edition and you pull your CFO cert and it says one story home, you should have your red light should be going off and be like, all right, this is a problem here. It's not a problem. It's, you know, there's a problem. So now you could actually renegotiate with the seller up front if he or she was projecting this house to be a, you know, a two story home and it's really a one story. So you have to, the point of this whole thing is you have to do your inspection process and due diligence and you got to get that stuff done up front. So you could either renegotiate or back out of the deal. Very important. Okay, the next phase, as you've gone through this, now you've gone through and it looks like, okay, this is a deal that uh, we've addressed so many issues and now we're going to be able to go through to the second phase. Now, the second phase is the planning phase, right? So in our company, this is what happens. As soon as it passes, the last couple of phases I told you about, the inspections, the zoning, the operas, all that crap, pitches were taken and uploaded into Dropbox, all that's done. Now we're in the planning phase. So simultaneously what goes on is the if we're going to pull permits, we get a full-blown set of plans. We have an architect that goes out there property. They take the as-is plans, the floor plan, 
And then from there, they come in and they go through a couple of other steps with us, which I'll talk about in a second. If you're not going to get permits, then you don't need a full-fledged architect. You just need somebody, this is what we do. We need somebody that goes to go out to the house to take the as-is drawings of the property. Doesn't need to be an architect. Somebody just does floor plans, relatively inexpensive, $300, $400, $500, well worth it. What they'll do is they'll give you that floor plan in CAD, and then you could then talk with them over the phone and say, hey, you know, I just I want to set the kitchen up over here. I want to open up this wall. It's not structural. I want to take down this wall and just open up the floor plan a little bit. So it's important to get your architectural plans and your floor plans up front. So with us, it's either floor plan architectural. From there, it comes back in. They, the architect sends it over. We give him some ideas of how we want the structure laid out. We bring in our designer, right? We have somebody who actually does design on the team for both New York and New Jersey. They never have to go out there to the coal. She never has to go out and look at these properties. She's seen the pictures. She's seen the architectural plans. From there, she's giving the architect some ideas of opening up this, lay out the kitchen that way. You know, we want to add an extension to the back. We want to dorm the property. We go through this whole planning piece of how the property is going to be laid out. She's good with layout. When that gets done, as that's happening, rather, another process is happening in our office. We have the home engineer's report and all these due diligence reports that came in, and they go over to a specialist. And this person's job, his sole reason to come on to, to work with us in the business is to draft the scope of work on the property. So he'll talk with our team. He'll get the home inspection report and everything that's wrong with the property. He'll get from us the level of rehab that we're looking to do. Okay, this is the kind of around about what we're trying to do with the property. And then he'll create a, when I say detailed, he will create a detailed line by line scope of work that you can give to your project manager, or your contractor or your and your subs, and they can bid out the property. So with us, it's like a four page scope. It's broken down by demo, by your trades, electric, plumbing, HVAC, general contracting. He has everything written out. He then sends that over to the architect who builds all that stuff into your architectural plans. Our architectural plans are like killer. Like we have everything inside it. Now, you have your floor plans and, and or your architectural plans, depending if you're getting permits or not. You have a complete scope of work, right? What's the next thing? You have your layout and your designs. You have these three different people that are in your business that are helping you put together everything. And so let me ask you this. Pricing, what's it going to run for architectural plans? Well, if you're going to get permitted, anywhere from twenty-five to 5000 depending on the size of the house. If it's not permitted, you're just going to get floor plans anywhere from 300 to 500 maybe 600 depending on the square footage. Scopes of work, you can get scopes of work done by a pro for 200 to $300. You don't need to do your own scope of work. You don't even have to have your, if you're really busy the way we are, we can't even have our project manager do the scope of work. We've broken it out into swim lanes, scopes of work get done by one guy, takeoffs, the material list gets done by somebody else, and then the project management side of the business gets done by the project manager. He or she is just responsible for managing the projects, bringing in the subs, and making sure and orchestrating that everybody's doing their job. So it's really, it's set up almost like a Ford conveyor belt, right? When Ford built his business, he had everything down the line, but instead of us going one line and one person doing their job and wait for the next, we go down four or five lanes at the same time and everybody's doing their job. So it gets to the, to the, to the finish line a hell of a lot quicker, if that makes sense. All right, so we have your land design, then we do takeoffs. So a takeoff is really just a fancy name for your materials. 
once you have your scope of work, you have your architectural plans, and you have your designer who, we have a design layout person for the house, and then we have a designer with our design boards that we pick out all the finishing touches inside here. When that's done, we have somebody that does all the takeoffs. They break out specifically how much material you need for framing, for sheetrock, for paint, for floor, for tile, for trim, your doors, your windows, everything is taken off. And then from there, you, we have somebody that actually goes out and bids that material list to get us the absolute lowest possible rate on a material. Now, right now, that position is actually being done by my by four different people, myself and Nicole and Tommy. We're all doing it because there's not one person responsible because we have to fill that role. But once we get that person in, that's what they're going to be responsible for. And that job is going to pay for itself. And we're going to pay per job. We're not going to have a person on salary. It's going to be a per job process. So we go through. We did a due diligence process. We have our planning process. From there, everything is ready to go and do what? To get bid. So now we go through a bidding process. Now, depending on how you run your business and this whole process, again, works for us. You might have to do things differently depending on where you're at in your business. Um, but for us right now with the bidding process, we're taking it. We have our own construction team in New Jersey. And then we have, we're right now in New York, we're not licensed. So we're still like project managing the teams out in, in uh, New York. So in New Jersey, we get the, the planning processes done. We have all of our packages in before we're getting ready to close. We're still in the, in the process of getting this all done. We don't even own the property yet. Now we take the scopes. We take the, the blueprints and we start sending them out to the vendors that we have that have that are going to be working on the job. Who are they? If you're going to have one contractor, one general contractor, you're just going to send it to him. But you have to realize if you only have one guy that you're going to be sending your scope to, that you're hoping to run your job, you're going to pay more money than if you sub out the job yourself. Even if you're not a licensed contractor, if you sub it out at least to the four main trades or five main trades and you manage those five, you'll save some money. If you sub it out just to the contractor himself and you're relying on him to get the, the plumber, to get the HVC guy, to get the TV electrician, to get the landscaper, to get the driveway guy, if you're having your contract to do all that, I'm telling you, you're paying 10, 15, 20, 25% more, maybe 30% more than you really should if you were gonna do this yourself. Now, if you're not a contractor, you could then, instead of having one guy, you could have your carpenter who's going to do mostly everything with the exception of HVAC, plumbing, electric, and landscaping, right? So you go to your main guy for your all your main shit, and then you sub everything else out yourself so he doesn't add in his 10, 15, or 20%, right? So that's where you're acting more like a project manager, almost like your own, your own contractor type guy, but you're going to act as, as your own project manager, so that's something to shit out. Now, the way we do it, we bid out, we have our own internal guys, six guys on our team, we kind of know how much we pay per day for all six. We know how many man hours it's going to take for us to do that job. So we kind of figure that part out. Then we look at all the subs, HVAC, plumbing, and electric, and landscape. We take the package. We send it out to them. We then say, look, we got this job. We want you to bid on it. Everything is in there. We give them, when I say a complete package, it is an absolute line-by-line -line breakdown complete package. You'll go back and forth a few times. You'll negotiate with these guys. You'll get them locked in. The key thing, you want to have them on the hook. You want to have them to get their uh, contract, your contract signed right when they accept this job and they give you a good number. And you want to get all the permits completed because the day you close, you want to be able to take 
next phase, permitting, you want to be able to take that whole permit package, your own, your contractors, your plumbers, your HVC guy, your electric guy, bring them down to the town, ask the town if you can get a demo permit, because generally a lot of these towns will allow you to get a demo permit like within a day or two. Get your containers over at the property, do the demo at least. Get the, the place demoed out so the day you get your permits completed, you can go in and start working. So that's the way we do it up front. That's our planning process. I'm gonna stop at that point, right? Just when we get the permits in, because the whole entire back end piece is another animal that I can, it's gonna take me hours to go over. But we have our due diligence process, our planning process, our bidding process and permits, and then we're ready to go, right? So now I wanna go over the next piece here is I wanna go over the, the tools that we utilize. So what tools are we using to get our shit done? So the first thing is the software, right? That's one of the questions we get a lot. Who in the hell are you getting using your software? So with us, 20, 25, 26 properties in there at one time doing the renovations, and these are not small, I shouldn't say that, every once in a while we have a five or 10 or $15,000 renovation majority is 70, 80, 90, $100,000, in some cases over two. So with us, we use Build-A-Trend, right? Overkill for some people. We checked out a lot of these different systems that are out there. What I love about Build-A-Trend is that A, it's mobile, right? Every single person has this on their cell phone, whether they're a sub or they work for your company full-time, everybody has the app on their phone. The other thing I love about it is you can build out your packages and you can hit rehab permitted and you can have every single step of the rehab process drawn out with timelines and it automatically populates and then once you assign your contractor for that particular trade it auto assigns him or her usually him all those tasks it's insane other thing i love about it is all of our receipts all of our purchase orders everything we buy or we pay a bill for click the receipt, press it to the property, it automatically captures everything in Build-A-Trend, and then at the end of the week, we just compare that to QuickBooks to make sure that the bookkeepers allocate in the right way, my contractors up front, my team members up front are allocating the, the, the receipts the right way, so it's a checks and balance. We also have an, this is great, we have an every single night daily log, a check-in. We created this little template. Every day, contractors, subs that are there, they take a picture of the work they did, they write up any issues, they take all the pictures, eight, nine, 10, 12 pictures of what they've done, they hit send and it automatically sends it to myself and a couple of my teammates over here and we just, everything is like systematized. It's, <laughs> it's the sickest system I've ever had. Build-A-Trend is, uh, in my experience, it's been very good, not cheap. It's running us a couple hundred dollars a month, but well, well worth it. And we're just, by the way, scratching the surface with it. We just got Build-A-Trend in shit not even nine months ago. So it's a it's a work in progress, but just like the real estate investment business where we've systematized the shit out of it, we're gonna take this software, build a trend, and systematize the shit out of it. Okay, that's the software, that's the main, that's the hub, that's the piece we're utilizing. So you have to find something that is gonna work for you. If not build a trend, what is it? Because you need to have a software system that's gonna help you run things. Even if it's just an Excel spreadsheet, or a Google Docs, you have to have something. Google Docs with Dropbox. You need a process that you're gonna utilize. When we first got into this business, we were using Dropbox and literally paper. With Everything was in paper form. Now all of our contracts are online, everything is done, signed electronically. So whatever you have to do to get started, wherever you're at, if you're in the start, grow, 
or scale part of your business, you just need to get organized. And then depending on where you're at, you can scale this thing. Now we're at the scale process with this and we're at, you know, build a trend. Some of the other tools we utilize. So like we sub out all of our jobs out here in New Jersey, we sub out our roofing and our siding, right? So I'm not going to have my guys go up on the roof and start doing it. They could, it's not what they do. They don't do this on a daily basis. So we sub it out. Now, one of the things I realized, not that people, I don't want to say that people are, they're not, how do I put it? They're not being real or that they're trying to steal from you, but sometimes they're not a hundred percent honest. And I found in the past that I'll ask for a, a, a bid on a roof or a siding and they'll come back and say it's 30 squares. And I find out it's only 25 squares. And I'm not talking about with the overage, I'm talking it's 25 squares. They're charging me for labor 30 and they're charging me for material 30. And so I started looking at this. I said, oh, there has to be a way that I could, that I could make sure that these guys, I want to keep them honest. So part of our system, part of the planning phase up front, which I wanted to get into right now, when we're in the layout and design, we have a person on our team. They go through, if it's a roofing and siding job, they utilize one of these two softwares. They utilize, we use on the daily, it's called eagleview.com. And the other one is called skyviewestimator.com. So eagleview for us, you put the address of the property into the system. It's like anywhere from $65 to $89. It's minimal for what it's going to save you. And this system has a bunch of different satellites. It goes in and it calculates what the takeoff should be, what the square should be for the roofing and for the siding. It tells you if there's windows on the property, takes the windows off. So it gives you a calculation and then it tells you if you want to buy exactly where it's at, here it is. If you want to have 5% overage, 10% overage, 50% overage, it tells you the squares you can do. So for a $65 to $89 investment, you're hiring roofers and siders. And even if you're friends with them and you've known these guys for years, just to keep them honest and on the same page, it's good to know how many squares it really is, right? So utilize that. When we get that report, we have somebody that's going to do roofing and siding for us. We say, hey, here's the actual uh, squares of the property. We had it done. We had the takeoffs done. Just go out there, take a look. Let, me, let us know what you think and give us the pricing for labor only. Rip and install. We'll take care of getting the materials ordered. We just want you because you're the professional with this when it comes to roofing society, we want you to give us the material list. We'll take care of bidding it out because we save money when we bid it out. If it's not your money, they'll just buy it from anywhere and they'll pay anything and it's gonna go on you. So a little tidbit that we just gave you, here's another little tool that you can utilize. It's called, so if you if you don't have somebody on your team, that if you don't have anybody that you can afford to pay to do a floor plan, there's a pretty freaking cool tool that you can add on to your iPad and this little piece, it's, it's called Canvas. This little thing, if you put it in your iPad, you walk into a house, you can scan your house as a 3D image and it automatically takes that 3D image and puts it into a CAD software. That's the software that architects utilize to you know, manipulate the, the houses. It tells you how big a wall is and square footage and all this other crap. It automatically dials in and pushes into the CAD where if you can give that to somebody for a few bucks to manipulate. By the way, you can go online and you can hire somebody from another country for 50 bucks. And if you give them the CAD, the file, that's going to cost you maybe $30 to get from this company. By the way, the company is called Canvas.io. Canvas.io. It is a killer tool. 
if you're trying to get things done on the cheap and you want to get floor plans done for a few bucks, you do that. You send that plan, you get somebody from Upwork, upwork.com who knows how to actually do, uh, do CAD and you can have a call with them over the phone and that could be your personal person to actually do floor plans with you. Again, not as an architect, somebody who's just going to give you some ideas to do a different layout design on the cheap, like on the cheap. No excuses, guys. You can get this shit done. All right. Last thing. Those are the three main tools we utilize. There's a shit more, but those are the three main ones to get you guys started. Right now, the next thing I want to give you, and it's going to be the final thing, it is the teammates. Like, who are the people that you're going to have to leverage in in your different phases? I'm going to go through who they are, and I basically said I just want to recap, right? So you have your home inspectors. You're going to have somebody who does your regular home inspection. You're going to have somebody who does your septic and sewer inspection. Very important, especially out here in New Jersey. A lot of the sewer lines are like infiltrated with roots and it doesn't flush the right way. So you want to get those scoped out. You want to get your somebody who's going to test your water. Very important. And you want to have these people on standby. So when you need them, you can just call them up. Somebody also who does a tank sweep. Now in New York, I never had to do this. Never did a tank sweep. In New Jersey, it's a big thing. Like, you have to know if, if there is a buried oil tank there, even if it's abandoned and they're on gas, if there's a buried oil tank, it's like automatic red flag mandate. The buyer who's going to buy it from you, if that thing is in the ground, they're going to get it tested. And if there's an oil issue down there, which there was on one of the properties we bought, it could run up for that one. It was $28,000. So if I didn't do my due diligence up front and I didn't have somebody to do an oil tank sweep who told me there was an oil tank there and then go and get it tested, First, you can't even get a test. In New Jersey, it's not a test. It's a mandate extraction. And when the company comes out extracting, can't do what you do in some of these other states. Like in New York back in the day, you were able to get like somebody to come over, rip out the oil tank, and you're good. As soon as it's flagged, boom, it's an automatic extraction, and it's an automatic test. And it goes right up to, I think, the DEC, whoever the hell it is here. And they tell them, in, the, the Department of Health, and they automatically tell them if there's contamination. If there's contamination, you have a massive, massive bill in your hand. So you want to get people who test, do tank sweeps, and who also could extract those tests. Also out here, which is not big in, in New York, is somebody who tests for radon. Like New York, like radon. What the hell is radon? Like, you know, you go through the real estate test and radon thing is on there, but never have I seen a test in New York happen. In New Jersey, it's all over the place. And you want to know in the areas that you're renovating, like specifically to your areas, what are the tests that need to happen? Because every geographic area is going to have different nuance. I didn't know this crap in New Jersey, oil tank sweep, a, a radon test. Like we never did this in New York. So when you're going into, if you're starting renovation in your state, find out what the hell due diligence you're going to need to do. And then find out who those teammates are that you should add to your team because you're going to need them. You're going to want somebody who is going to be on your team that's accessible, that's going to be good with floor plans and architectural plans. In New York, back in the day, we had somebody that was an architect, and it was just a pain in the ass dealing with him because he was with a big firm, can never get him on the phone, and he basically charged like a freaking attorney. And I'm like, can't do it. Now what we do is we leverage somebody who is an architect. Maybe he has to get the plan stamped by somebody else. We can leverage him cheaper dollar amount. He's more accessible and he's eager to do business with you because it's like a side gig for him and he wants to make the money. So you want to get yourself a good architect and you want to get somebody who's a good engineer as well. Like we've had properties out here 
where we do the home inspection and we realize there's a crack in the foundation or there's something going on downstairs in the basement. It's just not structurally sound. You want to have a good engineer that you can rely on that's good with your team that can go out to these properties and inspect and tell you and your architect what needs to happen to make this home structurally sound. You want to have a good designer. This is key. Designer for two pieces, right? So you want somebody on your team, if you're not good at this, you want somebody on your team who's good with design layout. And I wouldn't just rely on your architect because sometimes the architects, they're good with certain things, but with design, they're not the best, right? At least the ones I've dealt with, they're not actually like killer with design, especially these rehabs. So they have good ideas, but you want to have somebody who really understands layouts of property and how these properties should flow. And so you want somebody to assist with design. It doesn't need to be a designer, but somebody to assist if it's not you to design the layouts of these properties. And that designer could duplicate his or herself as the person who does the design boards, all the finishes inside the homes, right? So as you're doing these homes, you're going to have certain packages you're going to create. You're going to use certain flooring in certain homes, certain kitchens, certain homes. You want that person to package it. And so you, it's very easy when you're doing a property, they can say, okay, use the you know, high-end number three package for this particular house. And it's your, you know, your light gray with your higher-end kitchen. And everything is outlined with the material list, pictures of it, where to buy it, what the cost is. Only thing you need is your person who does the material takeoffs to calculate how much of it you're going to need. So it's just like a pull and push. Very simple, easy to have your design packages put together. And then, of course, your contractors, you're going to need across the board your GC, your HVAC guy, your roofer slash cider, a plumber and an electrician. And then if you're going to like really act like a contractor, you might want to start subbing out a whole bunch of different shit, like somebody who's going to put down the floors, a finished person, kitchen designer, painter. So it really depends on how you're going to start running your business. If you're going to hire one one contractor, one general contractor up front, he's going to handle all that. Or you're going to act like a quasi where you'll hire a general contractor and then just the main trades. Or you're going to like act as the contractor yourself and hire out everything, almost like a paper contract. You have no employees. You're just hiring out all the subs. I did that when I first started doing this. And I got to tell you, without having a team like I have now, I was doing it all myself and it was torture. I was working my ass off because every house I had 12, 13 different subs and I didn't have a designer. I didn't have the right architect. I didn't have a project manager. I was doing all this shit on my own and it was overwhelming to say the least. So in the beginning, one man show, you know, you have a full-time job, you might want to go down hiring a general contractor or a general contractor and the four main subs. I would not recommend if you have a regular job to go, or if you're trying to scale, to go out and do this if you're on your own, but you don't have teammates to support. And then what else do we have here? Do you want to have somebody on our team? We have somebody who does our scopes of work, as I mentioned. We have somebody who does our material list. We have a project manager, which if you saw one of my videos, New Jersey, the guy just lost it, went crazy and just uh, went and go crazy. He just kind of like imploded. He couldn't handle all the stress. And I actually was dribbling out. So I wasn't giving him hardly anything. And the guy just kind of imploded. And that goes to show you that he came in. I'm doing like a little side talk right here. He came in and he circumvented my usual process for hiring because he came in a different way for a different position. And I went against everything that I teach and everything that I know and everything that I implement. I circumvented my own system. And because my, of me doing that, I ended up hiring the wrong guy. He lasted five weeks and quit. Shame on me. And we'll never do that again. 
Uh, so project manager is in, and then you want to have somebody, if you're really scaling, that specific scaling rather, specifically orders your materials, and then of course your design boards and your package. And that is the front end of how we are getting our properties through the funnel to get them rehab ready. This is just a quick 40 minute discussion of how we're doing it. I hope you guys took out, hope you guys took something from this because there's a lot more to it. I can't go in such detail in a 45 minute podcast or video here on YouTube. But if you have questions, if you have concerns, if you need more information, hit me, go to my podcast, like it, give me some feedback, go to YouTube, leave some comments online. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Unstoppable BA. But if you have questions, hit them on, on Facebook. Like do a post right to me. Don't do what I am. Do a post because I want your questions so I can create more content from those questions to give you guys feedback. If you have questions, you have anything you guys need, hit me back. It might take me a little bit of time. So the best way is social media because if it's there, I'll see it. I'll call you. I'll do something. If it's just an email, it's going to go over to my my girl, Adrian, she's going to handle it, and uh, my schedule is going to be crazy, but I'm usually always on Facebook and Instagram just firing back. If you want to partner up with me, go to BillyAlvaro.com, check things out. We are partnering with people who are doing wholesale. We're partnering with people who are doing fix and flips. Really, New York and New Jersey for the fix and flip side because that's where I have my people. I don't want to start going into a different area. And um, remember, everything that we teach about, everything we talk about, any of the tools that we utilize – you can find them, and I'll have my team put this stuff on there as well. You can find them at billysecrets.com. I'm Billy Alvaro, the Unstoppable BA. Unstoppable because nothing will stop me from getting to where I want to go. Nothing, nobody, no circuit. I'm going. I know exactly where I'm going, and it is straight to hell up. All right, guys. Peace out. I hope you enjoy. I'll see you on the next one.